Welcome to the One Player Podcast, the show on solitaire board games. I'm your host, Albert, and this is episode 255. We are workers. Bum, ba-da-na, bum, 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 bum. Play scene workers. Hello, everyone. Hello, Albert. How are you doing? Doing all right. How's it going? Good to talk to you. Haven't seen mm-hmm. you in a while. Yeah. Like a whole week. <laughs> yeah, we, we have been working on uh, having an extra episode in the bank so we record a week ahead of time instead of the same week we publish and we kind of fell behind because of life and now we're having trouble catching up again <laughs> i thought we just said we were just gonna skip a week so we are so we're gonna skip a week which means we may just take a week off and is it next week is it the week after is it this week we don't know we're not saying <laughs> we're, but we're taking a week off and you'll know it when you don't hear us maybe we took a week off and you now know why <laughs> who can say yes because after all we are workers that's right we're workers Hard, and we're diligent workers and workers work. never be fired <laughs> not from this job people wish but no not sorry <laughs> so today we are going to be returning back to our popular mechanics series where again we are choosing a particular mechanic or mechanism uh, and talking about some games we like and how they either exemplify or build on that mechanic. Yep. And this week we we're talking about worker placement, if you hadn't guessed that already. <laughs> it's probably in the title, so it's probably <laughs> yeah, apparent. Probably. But just in case, Albert, why don't you tell me what worker placement is? Work, okay, so worker placement games are games where basically you get you have a set of workers that you could used to two different actions and on your turn you will take your worker you may have one you may have more depends on the game and -hmm. you'll choose what he does generally speaking when a a worker is placed on a space that space is space is now unavailable in a multiplayer game nobody else could use it in a solo game you can't use it again until that worker leaves and goes home or something some games having a whole big space of areas that you can go to mm-hmm. and then one worker to limit the number of actions you can take. You put a worker on a space to fill it up and it's locked up until it goes away. That's right. Yep. And some, I think in some games they might not go away, but no, I don't think that's, that's well, I don't know. I don't know of any games like that. Uh, I, I, I have one to talk do about. Oh, okay. Yes, what well, needs? There are games where you get multiple workers. There are games where you start with few and get more. There are games where you get one, or there are many, whatever. It's all sorts of variety. And they're all different. Generally speaking, each space can only be used one, but there's exceptions. With worker placement, there's all sorts of variety and exceptions on how you do things. Which is it's really neat. So it's a very broad mechanic and leads to a lot of variability in what can happen. Now then here we're talking specifically about where you're putting a worker. There's not really a variability to the worker or a leveling or a randomization for it. So there are a number of games where all the workers are not identical. Um, hmm. That goes as far out as being like a dice worker placement where your workers change a lot and all the time, whether by leveling them up or by adding a rolling mechanic where you have to roll them a bunch um, there's other games like Caverna, where your workers will level up by putting tokens on them, and that will show that they get more powerful and things like that. I'm, I'm at the very least, not focusing on that kind of mechanic. I'm more focusing on where a worker is a worker is a worker. 
Okay. Interesting. I, I agree with you generally that I did have one game that is a little bit different, but not that much. So we'll get to that. Um, so how should what we go for about you, this today? Albert? What yeah. for you, Albert, is the most classic or or basic or idealized version of this mechanic in a game? To me, it's Agricola, because that's the first time I think about I heard about worker placement when that came out. And I remember when it came out, it was a really big deal, and everybody was awed and amazed by it, and people were just talking about it constantly. And it is a relatively simple worker placement game in that you go to the space and you do that space's action, and that's it. And the whole mm-hmm. game is about placing workers. Okay, so there's some card play that could be done on top of that, but the bulk of the game is placing your worker and nothing I else. I think it's interesting that for me, I also have an Uwe game in mind that both of our games are made by designer Uwe Rosenberg. But I would have picked A Feast for Odin as being a very classic worker placement. Mm-hmm. You have a whole tableau, a whole bunch of workers. Everyone has their own workers, and you place them and you block your yourself or block other players off. Even in solo, it works very similar in that you are alternating turns between two colors. So you place and you're mm-hmm. blocking yourself off the next turn. It just has another mechanic off to the side or right in front of you, I suppose, the whole Tetris mechanic. But the worker placement aspect is really just all about that worker placement. And there's not a whole lot of stuff about the worker placement change. Okay, so I have not played uh, that game, Feast for Odin, but I have played News Sword, which was on my list, which is similar, in that there's other stuff going on. But the worker placement, you just place your worker on the space, and in the solo game, you're competing against yourself, and that you're using two colors or three if you want to play the advanced way. Um, you're talking about same design, right now. New Sword, yeah. So it's really similar, okay. but a, a lighter game. But well, what do you think New Sphere brings that's different to the worker placement mechanic? I have not played Feast for Odin, so for me, one thing that was really different was the way in the solo game you're blocking yourself. Ah, I see. <laughs> so the, it's very it's the same idea, right? It's a concept that works. But that you know, we're talking about Uwe Rosenberg. He's made so many worker placement games. Like every other <laughs> game he makes is a worker placement game, and from what I've played, they're all good, and they all have something a little bit different. That is very true. Mm-hmm. That is very true. Let me talk about maybe an exception to the idea. So we talked about how in the rules or or in the definition of the term worker placement, the idea is that you block off a location. There's one game that comes to mind which changes up how worker placement works kind of a little um, in that it's not really blocked up and you're kind of blocking yourself. What I'm thinking of is Parks. And I believe mm-hmm. that, Albert, you're familiar with Parks. Yep, I am. In, in parks, you again have a tableau of options you can have. There's seven, eight, nine, a number of different options for places you can go to put your workers to gain resources. But the problem is that they're all arranged in a line. So as you go down the line, you always must go forward. You can never go back. But you've got two workers that theoretically you can place anywhere across that line. But in this one, you don't actually block off anyone with your workers because once per round, you have the ability to double up on a space. But if you've already used that once per round ability, then at that point in time, a worker, the worker placement aspect, the blocking aspect, is in full force and you can't really do anything to go around it. Mm-hmm. Unless unless you move one of your workers to that last space, then unlocking the campfire to use, them, use the other one again to visit a, a used space. So it's a little, it's a little bit tricky. The, the the strategy in that, I think. Mm-hmm. 
but that I do I do like that one. That's one of the ones that I wrote down too. It's a interesting worker placement because by visiting a space, you're now blocking off all the spaces before that one. And I think that this is definitely one that plays well in multiplayer. Unlike mm-hmm. with New Sphere to Feast for Odin, like we just discussed, where you block up yourself, this one is played more with an automa that there's another automa that is just randomly blocking up spaces. But I think that the real unique aspect of this, and I think that it's it's a design that's based on other people's ideas to have it be always move forward, never move back into your worker placement. It's a newer element of the worker placement that I think adds a different sort of character to worker placement, so much so that maybe you might not even consider it as a worker placement game. Mm-hmm. Yep, that, that's one that's a little surprising when you realize it's worker placement. What else do we have? Speaking of ones that are surprising as worker placement, um, Caverna K versus Cave. I know we mentioned it for Uve's, but I just want to mention very briefly it in that it's a worker placement, but only because when you're only playing it two player or even solo, there's no workers, but you're actually removing the placements. That's the same thing as putting down a worker on top of that placement to block it up. Just here, instead of having a worker that you're putting down, you're actually picking up the, the tile mm-hmm. that you would otherwise place on. So it just flips over that mechanically a bit. And once you realize what it is that you're doing, it's worker placement, just a slightly yep. different spin. Yep. There, there's another one that I came across that's similar, which is Coldwater Crown. We talked about maybe last year or so. In that one, there are six different places you could visit. Six, eight, no, ten places. And you could either place a worker on a space or take a worker off a space to do the action. And, and both are valid choices. You could choose either one. And so you, you, all the pieces are out there. Well, ha, well, something like four of the spaces are already filled. So those spaces are blocked off because there's a worker. If you really want to go to an action there, you have to take the worker off from there. And then next turn, you could place a worker on it again. So it's got an interesting push-pull mechanic where you're constantly blocking off spaces and trying to clear off spaces, constantly doing things. And when you play solo, the 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 AI for that one randomly will choose one of the workers on the board and move it. So space you just cleared off may suddenly become occupied again. <laughs> it's so frustrating. So wait, is that something that normally happens in the main game that workers move around like that? I thought you just said no. Just in the solo in the solo game, they move around. That's what the AI does to simulate it. Because on your turn, you get two actions: you place a worker and you remove a worker. You're going to do both, mm-hmm. and so the AI just moves a worker, which is sort of the same as moves placing one of somewhere. Your workers. Yeah. So it's so it still ends up with the same result. There's somebody on one space and now it's on a different space. Mm-hmm. And Cold Water Crown is a fishing-themed game. As and I it's call, a fishing-themed right? game, yep. And the main mechanic like the fish is... fish running around. No, this is the, the fisherman running around. Are, <laughs> are you fishing in the river now? Or are you fishing over in the lake? Or, or what? And each time you're picking different spots of fish. You <laughs> thought you were in the lake, but you got really drunk and walked yeah. to another place. <laughs> Yeah, so so that one's interesting. That one also does have an interesting mechanic where, when you pull the the worker off it, you flip it over, and the backside is more powerful. So the next time you use it, now it's going to be bigger. So, so that when, steps a little bit into the idea of leveling up workers. That I was talking it does, about. yes. But but when the next time you take it off, he'll level down again. Interesting. So it's yeah. So it's interesting. So if if you want to take the powerful action, that's great. You can next time you use them, it's not a weak action. 
And that adds a lot of strategy on like which work are you taking, which one you place, and where you place it every time. Because, uh, you know, there's benefits for using the big one. So that's a neat game. I, I do like the worker placement in that one. And that one doesn't feel like a worker placement game too much, even though that's exactly what you're doing. So I know we mentioned back before the idea of putting a worker down and placing it and never picking back up. This, the one I'm referring to is Paladins of the West Kingdom. Are you familiar with that one? I know. I have heard the name. So I believe that this is one that we actually are intending at one point to do a review on, but we haven't done yet. But in Paladins of the West Kingdom, um, you have, there's two sets of player boards. There's the main player boards so that everyone can put buildings down onto. And then there's your player board that you have the ability to put your workers down onto your individual player pieces. And you'll put down player pieces on your worker board and those will be picked up at the end of each round, or there's some actions that can clear them out. But one of the actions that the, I'm going to start calling them peoples and buildings. So you can put people down on those ones and the people come back each round or there's some other actions that can allow you to take people, but you can use those peoples to buy buildings. And there's a couple different types of buildings and the buildings in general can go on the center boards, the, the, the boards that everyone can access. And those will lock up and fill up spaces on the center board. And those are ones that aren't ever actually returned. Now then, I'm not sure if necessarily all of those are workers or if they're workers that are never returned or if they're just buildings that you build and get an immediate benefit for. But there's spaces on the board that have an, a selection that you can make that give you a benefit. And there's spaces on your board that's a selection you can make that give you a benefit. It's just that the ones on your board come back every round. The one on the middle board, it's a race to get them. And once they're taken, they're taken until the end of the game. Nobody else can re-get any of those. So all of that is worker placement. I just think that it changes up some and that all of the contests that you're doing is you're contesting over spaces that no one else will ever be able to get again. Once it's gotten, it's gotten for the rest of the game. Your mm -hmm. spaces still worker placement. It's just that you can use it again by getting some powers to clear the workers or by waiting until next round. There's things you can do to do those actions over and over again, but the actions taken to the center of the board, they're once per game type things. Hmm, that's interesting. So you're, you're in a multiplayer game, you're deciding, do I use this or do I save it for a little later or maybe it'll benefit me more, but it might be gone well, by then. When you when you buy it, so let's I say you buy let, you're buying a black building because you spend three people workers to buy a black building. And at, when you buy it, you have to put it out on the board. So at that point, you put pick where you want to put it out. And so it's a question of which one of the different actions you want to take. You can't mm, okay. save it for later, but you could theoretically not have put the people. You could have not bought it. You could have saved that for later because the amount of people you have every round is similarly limited. Interesting. I think directly the, the costs get bigger, the higher you go with it too. Like it's harder to get later buildings compared to earlier okay. buildings. So here's another game. I don't know if you consider this worker placement or not. Um, I thought it might be. Uh, and Steam, the board game, which is based on Age of Steam, it's a train game, 
the the solo game has a, a, a worker placement and drafting kind of mechanic. In the multiplayer game, each turn people are bidding on what action they're going to get the bonus, which also determines the player order. So so you're bidding for these tiles in the solo game. Instead of bidding because it's just one player, you just pick a tile and you get to use it, and that's going to give you a bonus. The next time around, you can now not pick that tile. You have the other ones to pick from. Once you have picked from the four different tiles that are available or so, you then reset and you can pick them again. So you're getting to use each action once. Once they're all used, they're all cleared, and you get to use them again. So I, I found that, and I found that interesting. That that does end up working pretty well because you're now deciding, you know, which action benefits me more now and what do I want to save later. It's similar to the worker placement mechanic where you're trying to decide do I place this meeple here now or or do the other action first and then this one, which order makes more sense and gets me the most points. So but this is just action selection type they're, of mechanic. Yeah, they're action tiles, but you're you're blocking it off. You're There's blocking no it off meeple. for yourself or for everyone. This only in the only applies to the solo game. In the multiplayer game, you're bidding for these tiles. In the solo play game, you're, there's nobody to bid against, so you just choose the one you want. And, and now it is it unavailable. For forever? For until all four are chosen. Once all four have been picked out, they're all reset. And once again, available. I mean, is that action selection or is that worker placement? Yeah, it's a little bit gray, I thought. I don't know. I, I could see it either way. Because and it sounds a, like you, know, you have four of the actions that you can pick each round. You know, I, I guess, I mean, what's the difference between a solo worker placement and an action <laughs> selection game? Yeah, not much if there's nothing uh, to to add variety to what's locked up, huh? I, I mean, I think it has to be that there has to be some amount of you're blocking yourself out I, I mean, mean, and you, and you do block yourself out in that now that one's not available for the next round. For no, yeah. not for the next round, just for the current round. You said no, no. You you're gonna pick one and take it off the board and use it for that round. Second round comes along. There's three left. You're gonna pick another one, take it, and play your oh, but round. Once you've got all four, two. they're gone. The, once they're all, all four are gone, you now bring them back out and start over. Mm-hmm. And again, you can pick them in any order. It might be five. I don't remember the exact number, but yeah, that's the idea. Mm-hmm. So you have each action available once until you used all of them. So wait, there's only five though. So you're not even picking between a limited set. You have to use all of them. You have to use all of them. Yep. Eventually. Yep. One at a time. I don't know. So that you're... doesn't sound like worker placement to me. <laughs> no. It sounds because now you're using even all of them with worker placement. You have a whole tableau of options and you pick three of them. And even if it's clearing every round, like you picked three of them, and then there's like 16 other options you have. Here it's not there's there's not that whole tableau of options. It's really just seven different options for things you can do. Mm. Turn. That's really all the actions in the game are comprised of those different things. So like compare the rules for Caverna for the actions you can take versus the rules for this one. In Caverna or Agricola, like it'll list the idea of taking wood, the idea of taking stone or some other resources. And then those will be on multiple different spaces. So some spaces will give you wood, some spaces will add man or give you a bit of gold or whatever it is. This one, like if the rules, I haven't seen the rules in this one, but I would bet Mm -hmm. that the rules would go through those seven actions specifically. There's not going to be the tie, the, the overlap between the different actions. Yeah, well, what if a game like Agricola, maybe 
if it only had five action spaces to pick from, and you put your meeples on the spaces, but you also had five meeples. I mean, I would say at that point in time, it's probably action <laughs> selection and not worker placement. But you're placing if you're your workers. Using all of, yeah, but you're only using that as a reminder of what it is that you did. Yeah. It's it's only worker placement in the strictest of terms, I think. So, so, so that's, I mean, that's one of the interesting gray areas where you could find stuff that feels a lot like worker placement and simulates a worker placement. May or may not be, but, but I think it has that same feel to it in a way. In some way, because each turn you're making that one choice of what you're going to have that, that you could do better than anybody else. Which I like. <laughs> I mean, hmm. Yeah, I know. That's one to ponder. I don't know. There's no right answer no matter what. <laughs> well, there has to be a right answer. I'm sure that I'm sure that there is an official <laughs> right definition to figure these kind of things oh, out. Oh, yeah. I'm just trying to think if there's any other games... <laughs> that technically have that. Uh, that close to it. Because, I mean, even with, like, I, I brought up Caverna K versus Cave as mm-hmm. an example. And at the start of the game, there's, like, five actions. And you're going to pick between, like, if you're doing two-player, I think. There, I think in two-player, there's five actions, and you pick two of them each. And that means that between the two of you, you're doing four. But really, you're only picking two out of five. That's half of them you get mm-hmm. on a round. And then you can pick those same two again next round. And I think that's kind of the difference between them is that there's a whole, there's a number of different options. There's overlap between them. So every every time you place a worker, you have an option of at least two things to pick from. Where in what I described, you didn't on the last round. The last round, there's I, only one towel left. That, that would be a very clear line way of differentiating, mm-hmm. but I'm not sure. Even if you had two, even if let's say you didn't do that last round, you skipped it. When it came down to the last one, you just didn't do it. I still think that that's still not going to be it just because it's not a tableau of different options. It's it's not that the options are all mixing them in. Those are the exact seven actions. There's no... Mm-hmm. There's no overlap between the different actions that you can take. Yep, I, I, I see what you're saying. Some level of overlapping. I could, I could go. Either. You know what? Let's wait to Uwe Rosenberg hears his episode and then makes his next game, and we'll see what he did. <laughs> yeah, <sure. laughs> let, let him decide for us. I think I'm also not necessarily uh, right because I'm thinking of another worker placement game, Kitchen mm-hmm. Rush, that I think you've played. Correct. That does not sound familiar at all. Kitchen Rush. Kitchen nope. Rush is a game where you are, it's a timed game uh, where you are chefs in the kitchens, overcooked type of thing. If you played the video game, okay. overcooked. Um, but you're chefs in the kitchen. Every player has an hourglass. And the idea is that you put your hourglass on a spot and that is the action that you're taking. And then you have to wait until your hourglass is empty. And then you can flip it over and put it somewhere else. So, theoretically i mean i think that's yeah i'm looking at it it's defined as a worker placement game but Hmm, similar to there it's not a wealth of different options it's simply separate actions they're all taken one at a time it's just that it's actions where you're timed for how much it is that you can do perhaps that one's wrongly said and should be a timed worker play uh uh, action selection game 
Yeah. I mean, I can't think of any offhand, but I know there's games where you have a hand of cards and each round you play one card. And once you've played them all, you draw them back and you start over. Oh, yeah. yeah. So there's tens and none of those are worker placement. Right. So I don't know. It, you know, it, it's a gray area. It really is. <laughs> Call it what you will. It is still a fun game. I do wish it was worker placement. The there's um Snowdonia, which is a train game that and does have a worker placement mechanic in it. I don't remember that one too. It's been a while since I played it. But I do like that one a lot. So I think we've both covered our three games that we wanted to bring to specifically talk about, correct? Did <laughs> did we say three? I have a list. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, ten or eleven games. Ten or eleven. I made games? a big list, yeah. And I figured that I wouldn't necessarily get talked about, but I said, you know, I'm gonna be ready. <laughs> I'm gonna here. Let me name them: Agricola, Coldwater Crown, um, one that we could have talked about, Harbor, because um, I know you've played that one because you're in it. I mean, I'm I most definitely have played <laughs> that one. There's Kanban EV, which I've now played solo twice. For anybody who doesn't know, by the way, the joke referring to Harbor, I am featured on a promo card for the game Harbor. Yes, there's a picture of Julius. Looks just like him. Mm. Um, Lost Ruins of Arnak does have a worker placement, but it is not the main thing in the game at all. It's one of the many options. Maquis, which is a fun solitaire game, and it is a worker placement. I think you have... You have a number of workers, four or five, and each turn you place them on the space. Not all the spaces do something, but they all matter, which is interesting. I mentioned news for it. I've had parks. Um, this one got vetoed out because you your your rule that you set up. Robinson Crusoe. It's a worker placement game. You have a number of workers, and there are many specialized workers in the game that you could yeah, but start not, with. Or they're earn. not being leveled up. You just get extra workers in your pool. Yeah, but they're also specialized, right? Like the dog can only do certain actions, and, and some of the I, other I characters. Mean, I don't think, but it's not. The workers aren't changing over the course of the game. They're just there. Mm-hmm. They're there. They're the different same workers can do thing. different things. Like in Manhattan Project Energy Empire, which is, which is a worker placement, but there's two types of workers. There's energy and there's workers. Mm-hmm. Okay, and energy is also a worker. That's interesting. So yeah, and then and then finally, steam was the last one I had. And from here, if I were to pick favorites, I would I would have to say Robinson Crusoe and Agricola are definitely two of the favorites. Ooh, favorites, eh? And Newsford, yeah, those three. Heck, I might even say Newsford instead of Agricola. I think hmm. I can only pick That's my only top two. favorite of them, which would be Manhattan Project Energy Empire. Mm-hmm. You do like that game, that's right. I do really like that game. I think okay. it's great. And I'm really looking forward to the expansion that's hopefully finally almost here. Oh, nice. Okay. Was that a Kickstarter thing? It was a Kickstarter thing, but unfortunately the owner of Minion Games passed away. Oh, okay. And so that upended the entire game catalog and had to get transferred over to other people. And so it was a whole thing. Okay. Wow. And so, is it shipping already or on? No, hopefully soon. Okay. On on ship to be shipped. Gotcha. One that you didn't mention, by the way, that I did think was interesting, but I wasn't sure if it's worker placement, is Far Space Foundry. I had never played that, but that's right. I do remember that one. You talked about it. I talked about Far Space Foundry. The idea of that one is that there's the little ships and have eight slots that go around a central board. Um, and then you can play cards to pick a slot to slot a ship in. And then if it's a spot is filled, it goes around. 
I kind of discredited this one as a worker placement game because it's not a tableau of options. It's not like spot six gives you a different power than slot one. Six and one may actually be exactly identical to you um, because all you want to do is just move in stuff. Now that there's like bonus actions that each one gives you and there's multiple copies of each bonus action, but I'm just not mm-hmm. sure that I can consider it because the, the spots are not really used for worker placement. So I wasn't sure what you considered it, but it didn't feel worker placement need to me. Okay. That's the only um, one on my list that I discounted once I thought about the definition. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there's a world of these games. There's so many to pick from. And, you know, I'm sure there's tons and tons we didn't think about. So mm-hmm. if, if you want worker placement, go look. Start with Uwe Rosenberg because he makes he makes so many. But he's not, <laughs> he's not your only choice. And let's see what he makes next. Let him decide. Well, hopefully we've given everyone some new ideas to think on, some new worker placement games to discover. If you found one that you particularly love or like, feel free to let us know, and maybe we'll be able to talk about it in the next segment. Yep, that's right. Thank you, everyone. Have a good week or two. (laughs) (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. We love feedback, so we love hearing from you. You can reach me at Julius at OnePlayerPodcast.com or JLBird on BGG. And Albert can be reached at Albert at OnePlayerPodcast.com or Fractaloon on BGG. Our website is OnePlayerPodcast.com with the number one, and we're also on Twitter at OnePlayerPodcast. The intro music is copyright Angus, can be found at Gemendo.com. The transition music is copyright by Dan Elduce Pancaldi, whose page is at DanPancaldi.com. The One Player Podcast is protected under a Creative Commons share-alike license. Thanks for listening.